on this episode. Uh, this is a cool one. It wasn't recorded live, uh, but we are in New York City at La Cubana, the new restaurant uh, by Chef Carl Ruiz on West 15th Street and 9th Avenue. Uh, Carl is very hungover for this show, but he's with us. And of course, uh, headlining this one is uh, Greg Opie Hughes. Opie is one half of the Opie and Anthony program uh, from back in the day, WNEW, Satellite Radio, as far back as Boston, uh, if you go that far back. Um, he then continued with the Opie Radio program on Satellite Radio, and now the Opie Radio podcast, Getting With The Times. Um, this dude uh, and his his team of radio people throughout the years basically were, were massive inspirations in my life, um, personally, uh, coming out of my shell, getting over insecurities, learning that you can really speak your mind in public and that that's a cool thing to do. Um, and as far as broadcasting goes, the Opie and Anthony radio show and the Opie radio podcast, um, really served as templates for uh, the Smoking Tire podcast, especially in the early years. So credit to Opie for creating that. It is an absolute pleasure to have him on the program today. It's Opie Hughes on the Smoking Tire podcast. What the fuck is up? It's the Smoking Tire podcast. Woo! We are on the road and this is going to be, we're going to share the show. I think we are. We're yes. going to share this show. I like that because then I, I don't have to work today. No, because we're both at work together. Why should another we day? Opie doesn't have to work. And then <laughs> we got Chef Carl Ruiz. We got Greg Opie Hughes. Turning off the phone. Phone for you, off. Matt. Thank you, sir. This is a pleasure. We're at La Cubana, Carl's new restaurant, where Carl has been since I saw him twelve hours ago. <laughs> Same stories with this guy. <laughs> no, I came in for a rare day in uh, New York City because in the summer I, I I just chill out at the beach and fish and and send Carl. You fish. got a big one the other day. Uh, yeah, you were on a boat and got a fat one. Oh, the fish. Yes. Yeah, the fat. Yes, oh no, <laughs> no. And then Carl, the Carl, that's Carl in the restaurant. No, but oh, I came man. in to do a podcast with Carl. I go, I got a rare day. I'll be in New York City. I came to La Cubana just like you said, but yeah. I found him passed out in boots. <laughs> Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. I was in seventy-six. Oh, you've learned the table. No, this is seventy-six. We're in seventy-six now. Yeah. You told me to set up in seventy-six. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in seventy-eight. Seventy-eight passed out, and they were checking his pulse. I'm like, oh, that's good. (laughs) Carl's ready to podcast. That's that's the run through. Oh, that's how I found him today. That's what I'm saying. I walked in. uh, I don't remember his name, but dude over there in the white shirt. I was like, hey, I'm Matt. Is uh, is Carl around? He's like, I'll look for him. I was like, oh, if he's busy, don't worry about all the. He goes. We have different definitions of busy. And he, leads me, he leads me over here, and Carl's asleep on the couch. Oh, and he's like, "Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Your friend Matt's here." And what does it say about us, Matt? That we both love this guy. Oh my yes. god! It, we well, have, me and you had the issues, not him. Oh my god! It was so funny. So, strangers in the room on my podcast, Greg uh, Opie Hughes. We're just gonna we're gonna drop the Greg, but uh, half of the Opie and Anthony program for twenty. Plus years, we made it to about 20. 20? yeah, and then the Opie Radio Show, and now the Opie Radio Podcast. Yes, yes. you and um, your former radio hosts yeah. are the reason I started doing this podcast. Damn it! Another and guy that's no, more successful than me and got uh, so many. Got the inspiration <laughs> from, so from, many. From, from the Opie. Go back. You want to talk about your summer home? You're doing all right. But you guys, you guys were the first on your, your early years of satellite radio. Yeah. You guys, um, you know, with Jimmy as well, were, were the first people that I ever really heard 
talk like like we t- like like Howard had his like overtly sexual and right. pushing the list the limits of that whereas you guys sort of had the comics on and talked like the green room behind the comedy store can I add to that please because a lot of people you know um when you do Shock Jock or Edgy Radio, you know, Howard has to say, they're ripping me off, Robin. Right. Here's the difference. So when I, I wasn't really a big Howard Stern fan, but I listened to him, you know, uh, here and there when I could. So, because I wanted to learn from the business. He was still a broadcaster through all that. Uh-huh. And me and Anthony came up with a style where, you know, I have a lot of radio experience, been doing this a long time. You mean time. a broadcaster in terms of, like, a format that they were following? Yes. And, and his voice yeah, and everything yeah. was, you know... I'm a big fan. Classical radio. Yeah. Big fan, Howard. Big fan. And, and uh, you added a lot there, Carl. No, you guys... <laughs> <you're>, you're, <laughs> Everyone like him. It's yeah. the best. Your yeah, I do. I'm terrified. Sort of, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. He is. He's got a. He's got this crazy multi million dollar restaurant in New York City. So he wants everyone to like. Big him. fan, Howard Robin. Super good. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, we developed a style where it's like, man, you know, like this. We're just it's hanging out. So why can't yeah. we just hang out, talk, and put it on the radio? Why does it have to be overly polished? And Even Rogan credits you guys for inspiring. I'm not his. a guy that's more successful than me, but got yeah. the inspiration from the opening. Yeah. No, well, I mean, you know, he grinds it out. He does. He does put in the work. Those yeah. three, I, I've done Rogan. Those shows are marathons. I did. Rogan has special chairs. Have you seen his special chairs? No, I haven't he been has there in a while. Special podcasting chairs, really, in his studio. Yeah, that sort of look. They look like desk chairs, but they have. Um, the seat is almost like one of those like old geriatric bike seats. Nice. Where it's actually like a big fat ass bike seat, right? That and with a with a back support that like you can sit in for three hours yeah. without like shifting yeah, around yeah, yeah. a bunch. It was really neat. I haven't uh, been there in a couple of years, but oh, he's got the new place. Yeah, I've been the, in the new place. You got the now it's like man cave is like yeah. man Costco what? over there. Like he bought like a, he bought like an empty Walmart. Yeah, yeah. And he's got like an indoor archery range, which like, is cool, which is crazy. Yeah. And he, you know he parks all the stars over there. And a, big and a, fan, one of those, Joe Rogan, big fan. And one of those float tanks. He's got a float tank. I floated recently. Did you like it? I loved it. How? What was the tank like? Because, like, I did it at a resort, and it was really kind of like a room with a dark hot tub in it, not like a capsule so much. Mine was, like, uh, a decent-sized walk-in closet. Mm -hmm. So it was about um, eight feet long and maybe six feet across. And were you able to, like, go to space mentally? Yes. I was for a bit, but I I did it as sort of this romantic thing with Hannah. Yeah. So we were both in one pool together. Really? So you'd occasionally bump into each other and kind of be taken out of that mental I'm in space thing. I I was going to tell this story on my podcast. Well, this is your podcast. It is our podcast. We're sharing this podcast. (laughs) So it was interesting (laughs) to say romantic. Mm. So, yeah, I went to space big time. And, And you notice like you couldn't push your body down. Yeah, it, wasn't well, that crazy? With well, because the salt they, yeah. they really crank up the salt in the water. And I, they and could I, cook pasta in that. And I, I'm a good meditator, and I'm good at like just silencing the voices in my head. And so I'm in there, right? Oh man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Say but, it. All right. So speaking of being romantic, like uh-huh. so, I'm about an hour in, and I start getting a funny feeling. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh you god. Got a and I'm like, 
wow, this is kind of erotic then, right? Your ultimate sexual fantasy is being in space alone. You yeah, actually felt like a that. Cuban. Now I'm starting to think like, well, we fall in the water constantly. I, I'm like, wow, I got a boner in space right now. Yeah, there you go. So I, I had a boner, and I'm like, I still got 20 minutes left. What the oh, hell? Oh, Jesus. No. I go, what the hell? Did right? you? And because I think You rubbed it out? Yes. Good for you. But Good for you. Here's the best part. So I'm thinking because, you know, we're floating. And it's really we. It was me. We. Uh, well, it was, there was, it no, was we afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and uh, a couple of Opie talks friends. to Richie. Rich Opie. <laughs> so, hey, Rich Opie, what are we doing? We're jerking off. So I'm floating. <laughs> it feels like you're in space after a while. It's pitch dark. You can't see the hand in front of you, and you got the, the earplugs in, so you can't hear oh, anything. You got earplugs going on. So I you really take out all the senses. Yeah. And now I'm feeling like I got a boner in space right now, man. So <sighs> I think you just sold me on it. So I decided to rub it out, but now I'm thinking. Ah, it's dark. So, you know, I would yeah. assume the remnants just go away. Oh, yeah. They, they go out into space. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what happens when they turn the lights so on? So you have a little... You have happy mayo just fucking swimming what, around you? When I turn the light on... You got happy mayo swimming around you? When I turned the light on, oh. I, I went into a complete panic because there, was, because there was egg drop soup everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, Obi was in a stretchy antenna. <laughs> You're an egg drop soup. Every, like everywhere. Oh my God. I guess it's not you tell I guess it was. Does the salt water break it down? <laughs> but I'm thinking it's It so, preserves it. It's like a hundred year old yolk. I'm thinking it's so dark and with the salt and the darkness. Oh you created this will a go away dish. on its own, right? No. I panicked, and I'm like, it took me right out of my experience as I'm scooping up egg Oh, my soup. God. Oh. So you definitely you handled it? I had to. I couldn't just, like, leave and, and oh leave that God. mess for the people that were kind enough oh, to have me. Oh, my God. I remember when I was a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> there was a place There was a place called Dollar Video, and it was like the, it was a video store. And they had a little porn section with a curtain. So I decided that I was going to go and check out the porn section. And I was a kid, and I see all the the, the porn covers of all the videos. Right. Of, which section did you go in? Which I got. I got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gave myself a sidewinder, right? So I'm giving myself a sidewinder. I have never heard that term before, but I immediately That's know a, what you're talking about. You know exactly. About. <laughs> if you're a guy, you know what a sidewinder is, right? Wait, as you're, as you're standing as, there? I'm sitting, I'm standing inside this little curtained area right. of the video store. Right. Just looking at the... Are the, you in a peep booth or just in the aisles? No, at, no, no, no. The, the aisle was cordoned off. Right, okay. And I gotcha. went inside and I saw all the yeah, yeah. boxes and I was immediately aroused. I'm Cuban. I was ready to go. Right. Ready to make fucking 19 kids, right? <laughs> and I give myself a, I'm starting to give myself a sideline, and I thought it was all cool. Yeah. Then I got out, I got the Transformer, and then I came out and I go pick up the Transformers uh, movie box, yeah, which yeah. is what I wanted. Like back then, it was a cartoon yeah, Transformers yeah. movie. And I come up to the counter, and there's a girl, she's like 19 years old. And as that's, I'm, that's cruel and unusual punishment to let a 19-year-old girl work, you know. As as I'm handing her the video place. that I want to rent, 
she looks at me and I look up and there's a short circuit TV that had a camera. <laughs> she didn't know what you where, the, where the point section was. She watched me sidewind myself. No and I give her this and she goes, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> and I go, yep. Yes. Bad day. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad day. Oh, that's brutal. That was a real life, real life story. Wow. So, radio. <laughs> exactly. Can I talk about um, my fish? The did fish you, you caught the other you day? It? You yeah. caught a giant, was it straight bass? Straight bass. We probably, we didn't measure it, but probably like 42 inches. Um, That's a huge straight bass. Yeah. And I, you didn't I measure only, it, you sound like fucking bring that. Well, you want I didn't measure it, but it's 42.6. If you're a fisherman, you, you want to be able to right? tell people. Oh, that, so that you was throw the it back. Ever, yeah, yeah. So uh, people got mad at me because I, I gave away the spot. Do you deal with shit like this? Giving Okay, so yes and no. Because you fish a little bit, right? It's, I don't fish. I drive cars on beautiful roads in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and you're giving away spots. And, I, and, I and I, for a long time, this for a long I'm time, kidding. I had when I when I made my videos, I would actually put the location because I thought for some very stupid reason that a global audience might gain some use from that. Right. After a while, I started to get very angry emails from locals who were saying, "Quit putting the fucking titles of the roads." In, in the video, oh, wow. you asshole, and and I said, you know what, <laughs> you guys are completely right, and I stopped doing it. So now, if people ask me, yeah, what, what road, I'll like, I'll tell them, yeah, but I don't, I don't advertise it. Anymore. See, that's why I brought it up. So, did you literally tag the Instagram picture with the exact? No, spot? no, no, no. But so. When you see my fishing pictures, which Carl hates, and my wife at this point, dude, he sends I his wife pictures. I'm like, your wife is your wife young and not hot. Give a shit. I was going through his phone once. And I'm like, are you sending your hot fucking wife pictures of your stupid fish? And he's so, like, he's like, does she text me back? Wow, big one. I'm like, she just, she's exhausted yeah. by you. She just yeah. wants. She's supposed to be chill. Yeah. Yeah. You need to follow fish. She's at the house on the beach, and you're like, "Look!" And you're literally ten feet from her. Last time I'm gonna bitch uh, about somebody if I'm fishing. Oh. Can you identify the spot in the picture? No. So why? here's the deal. So when I when I take uh, my pictures, I'm you know I'm a surf caster. Yeah, yeah. I don't show the houses because it gives away spots. Right. So I sort of know that. So, but I was excited about that fish, and if you notice, most people that take <laughs> take pictures of their fish from a boat. They're always facing out, out because they the don't ocean. want to show where the it's spot a real is. thing. Yeah, I, I made a rookie mistake, and people start bitching like, "Oh, come on, man! You just gave away the spot. I know exactly right. where that is. Right, and right, if I right. do, other people know, man. And that is a good spot right. to strike bass. Right. So, well, there's the thing about social media in general, and not just fishing. It's like people can use it for good, or they can use it to be assholes. Right. right? So, if I give, if I tell people the name of a road, even if anyone who is two points above complete mongoloid can yeah. find that road. Yeah, yeah. It's not hard to find the road. It's right. like, look for the squiggly things. You know right. what I mean? It's not hard. Fishing is different because I guess there's a limited amount of fish and I whatever. I mean, I don't know. Same, I mean, I you would. know what happens in LA where it has the surf spots yeah, yeah. too? The surf, people don't want to give away the surf spots. Right. They want to crowd those. With the, with the roads, they don't want I think it's less of a problem with the roads because, like, I think it's just that people like to bitch about anything. Because in the end, it's not really gonna make that much of a difference. I don't think it matters. Right. No. I made out with a girl that follows me on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. That's never happened and to me. What she look like? 
not like your profile. <laughs> <laughs> so we both Carl. are wailing. <laughs> Carl, how are, how are you feeling at this very moment right now? Uh, I'm so hungover. I, I, I'm a fan of Matt. I'm a fan of Opie. I'm not a fan of Matt and Opie because Together. both are professional broadcasters and I'm completely lost in this And we're thing. sitting in the corner of a restaurant on a Yeti microphone right now. I think the professional broadcasters have gone out the window. Matty's hairpiece. With a, with I a love troll you, doll. I love you both. <laughs> I love you both. Last time I saw Matt and Matt came to the restaurant and said, it yeah. really made me happy. You know what I love about Matt? Matt's honest. He's an honest human being. Yeah, and that's I hard that's to find. Yeah. I brought him one of the dishes that I love to do here is like a fried lamb. So he's there with his wife, who tolerates me. <laughs> Anna, Anna loves Carl. Don't I love her? Don't I mean, let him say that. Anna does love. Carl. I went to their wedding. Matt had the best wedding I've ever been to. Where during the during the ceremony. There was buckets of Coronas on each aisle. That's so actually could, a Hannah nice. family tradition. That's so you can drink Coronas while they got married. I Hannah was, sent me the one of the nicest. Carl sent me a text message a couple like days ago. Yeah. The wedding was two months ago. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, I, I think it was probably one thirty in the morning New York time. Yeah. And he goes, I was just sitting at the bar thinking about your wedding. I plan events for a living, yeah. and that was one of the best events yeah. I've ever been to. Sure. I, it was such a I, nice compliment. I would have to t- have to take your word for it because if I remember correctly. The last time we podcasted, someone was hinting at bringing me as his guest I so I could it, enjoy Matt Farrow's I would have been happy to have oh, you, but I thought it would be weird to invite you because we'd met twice. No, but I, I thought that would be weird. But I was going to go as his guest, <laughs> if you fun. remember, but then he forgot. I took some, I took some girl. Who, oh, well, then that's okay. And, and we had, How's it, it worked out? With oh, her? my God. What a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> So, my, so, my now sister-in-law was like, man, that guy, that guy Carl was really funny, but that girl he was with did not look happy. No. <laughs> so, that was the beginning of the end. Oh, that was the beginning of the breakup. So, so she was a young girl, and God bless her. She, she doesn't understand strategy. I, I, was, I was living with her because I got rid of my cabin. The creepy cabin. And I said to her, I said, listen, I'm about to open a restaurant in New York City. I need you to calm down. Right, a lot of things are going to happen. A lot of things are going to start happening. I'm going to start drinking a lot. Wait, I'm gonna, start? No, like, like the like way relatively, I am now. Oh, relative. Oh, okay. Like right now, I'm like Arthur. Dudley Moore. I'm Dudley Moore. You're the Cuban Arthur. Cuban Arthur. Arturo. Arturo. So there was one night. It was the day before the opening of the restaurant, and it's eleven o'clock. And it started raining outside crazy. And I texted her and I said, I'm not coming home because I don't want to be on a train for an hour. It's raining a lot. She says, if you don't come home, don't come home ever. I said, wow. It's not a good threat for Carl because not he a is good perfectly threat. happy sleeping on this couch for a month and a half. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a, in a, in a $3.5 million build out. <laughs> they just put in the couches yeah. and they're teal. <laughs> and I'm cute. And I go, okay. And that was that? So three days later, she's like, "That's a rookie move, man, rookie." Right? She, I was just a rookie. She just, I mean, you gotta know Carl. Carl, you're not gonna, you're not gonna take that. Bill no. Boggs, she Bill right. Boggs it. It was just a mess. And then, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's it was like, months and out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then she's like, "Are you seeing someone?" I'm like, "Eleven." <laughs> oh man, I'm on 15th Street in Manhattan. Like, what are you gonna do? How many of these boots have you had sex in? 
Uh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Including this one. Four. Um, yeah, wait, can we talk about radio more for a second? Whatever you want. No, I'm sorry. Enjoy. Enjoy yourselves. Well, because yes, we we're sharing this show, but I also like. You know, I kind of anything. wanted to like ask you because, like, I I did uh, a serious for like a year, right. but I never did like proper terrestrial broadcast. Right. Like, you did it for twenty years plus. Then you did ten years plus of satellite. Now you're doing podcast. Fifteen years of satellite. I've two thousand one, right? Was I did fourteen? When did I get fired? <laughs> either way, either way, you've done a lot of all of it. I, yeah, I right? did about uh, wow. I'm trying to think about 14 years of radio. So you you uh, followed 14 years of uh, satellite. Sorry. Yeah, but, you, but your career followed like where people get their shit, pretty right. much. Right? right, right, right. So like, what you know? Is it going in the right direction? Do you, were the old days better? Is this is this new thing that we're doing well, here? Like, what is oh, you know? What a great question. I'll t- no, it sucks. <laughs> The old days were better? The old days were way better because now everyone and their mother has a a, a podcast. There's 700,000 podcasts right now, and most of them suck, but most people don't know that most of them suck yet. Yeah. So it's really hard to get traction. I'm finding it hard to get traction. It is. We're doing good, but, uh, you know, it it doesn't compare to the old days when, you know, we first went on satellite or had a regular radio show. Did you, like... Do you find like the the constrictions of doing morning radio for twenty like all right I got to be up at four and in the studio every day and I have four hours to fill and not a minute more and a minute less and you know versus you get to carry around your gear in a backpack and you do exactly is the freedom is it worth it assuming you your plan succeeds another great question so uh, you might not want to hear this Carl. <laughs> But I, I've had offers to go back to regular radio. I don't want to do it. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> do you think, is there room for regular radio in the world right now, or do people just not uh, give a shit? No, because, you, you know, they get the... They, they have those FCC regulations and they're really scared of advertisers and special interest groups and which is the dumbest thing because you know that they just sold WABC here in New York? This, this goes to your point. For $12 million... That doesn't the, seem like very much. No, back that in seems the day, low. because that's that's good. Matt's garage. This <laughs> <laughs> restaurant, you can trade this restaurant for ABC. Regular radio is falling apart. Yeah. Something like ABC, I, I don't even know the market value back in the day, but it had to be oh, hundreds of thousands, hundreds, hundreds of millions. millions of dollars. Yeah. So uh, I, I love the freedom of podcasting because you know. I, I come and go and do it when I'm feeling it. The, what's the stress of doing morning radio every day? It, it was brutal. I know people work way harder than me, but it wasn't fun, man. You could enjoy that day's show for maybe an hour or two, and then by the time and you get like, home, how do I fill this? Yeah, by the time you get home and you know and get a few things done right around dinner time, you're like you start stressing, like I got to do it again tomorrow, yeah. and then after that, and the day after that, that's what. I, I never got to really sit back and truly enjoy it because the stress of trying to do it every day was just uh, tough. What about like moments like like witness? Give me can you if you can remember like a couple examples from either satellite or whatever or, or terrestrial where you like witnessed moments of like comic genius like. Like I, I was exposed through the Opie and Anthony show to like yeah. Patrice, well, Bill Burr, right. you know, like how many fucking people, like, right? You know, like Theo Vaughn and yeah, yeah. And, and, oh, and Vic oh, and yeah, like, yeah. like even before that, yeah. like Jesus, how many of these like guys came through your show? Well, I mean, you know, Bill Burr before he, yeah. he, uh, he blew up. Uh, the days when like a Bill Burr came in or Patrice O'Neill, you would sit there going, 
this is such so obviously a special day that people will be listening to years yeah. to come. To this day, they they go back and listen to the Patrice O'Neill uh, appearances and the Bill Burr appearances. I listened to his um, special "Elephant in the Room." I went to the like, taping more than once a year. Everyone like, says that it is one of the most insane hours of stand-up right. comedy ever recorded. Yeah. That the, the the bit about I'm not I'm not going to redo his bits, but like <laughs> the bit about the corporation, how yes. your wife. I mean, that is yeah. the writing of that bit is incredible. Yeah, I, I was at that tape and I was backstage in between shows and he he was working hard yeah. and it was serious, Patrice. Because Patrice always kind of kind of it, it was he he was such a natural at it, but that he didn't take it. it some, sometimes it felt like he didn't take it seriously. But for that taping, he was he was on and serious could be, and he was intense backstage. And he had two two giant suits for because he yeah the le- like the leather suits yeah he taped two shows that night and then you know you put it together yeah. for the special. And I remember after the first taping, I went backstage. He was just drenched yeah. in sweat. He was working so hard. Well, I he can't really imagine standing to... on stage in a leather right. suit. He, that was a poor decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really logistically he, bad. He really wanted that to work. Yeah, he really wanted that to work, and it yeah. did. Obviously, so. no. The special was extraordinary. Yeah. 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 And actually, I, a lot of times with him, it was always just effortless. And it was like, are you just fooling around? Did you just come up with this on stage? Because well, he had a real or, social observational yeah. quality that yeah. went very far beyond yeah. comedy. I mean, in stuff like race and class yeah. and, 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 and inequality and shit I, like that. I never really got to break it down with him how he prepared for his stand-up. But uh, to this day, I really feel like that he really winged it a, a lot on stage but I don't know for sure well there's it bits like, that there's way. bits that are improvisation like I have another one of his specials I think it's called Mr. P yeah yeah and it, I think it was just recorded in some club the audio is terrible well they put that out after, after he, died. he died right yeah, yeah. and he like gets into the fight with the, chick, the chicken yeah. lady like he yeah. gets into a fight with someone yeah. in the crowd but God damn, does he spin it into gold. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. I, I, uh, I went to one of his uh, last shows at Caroline's, yeah. or the last time I saw him. And, uh, God, man, we were backstage in the green room. Just He was where he was supposed to be, just happy, chill, and just fucking with the, the staff and the people I brought down, yeah. just just holding court. And uh, I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch some of your... I'm going to watch some of your set. And he was surprised, you know. He's like, you've, you've seen all this stuff a million times. I'm like, man, Patrice, every time I see you, it's something different. I'm going to stay for a little while. And I remember he had a little smile on his face, and he never really showed emotion. He was very always a tough guy, but but you knew when he liked you. You yeah. know what I mean? But you had to kind of look in his eyes. So I remember I was watching uh, his set from the side, and then I was like, I saw the first 20 or 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, right on, man. You know, and I remember him sitting there, just had the room in his hands, and yeah. he was just like where he was supposed to be. And I got up, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that, look, you know, I see Patrice just so happy and worried, yeah, and doing his craft." And I walked out, and just before I walked out of Carolina, I took one last look, turned around and looked at him, and he's just getting a huge laugh, and he's just just soaking in the laughter. And I turned around and uh, left Carolina. That was the last time you saw him. Saw him. Oh, until Sorry, his, so was it six years now, right? Well, thirteen until, until his old roommate decided that he needed to open the casket in front of everybody. <laughs> Fuck, did he? Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. At like the funeral? <laughs> Holy shit! I never heard this. Don't people teach people not to do that kind of shit? That's crazy. That's like a fucking Leslie Nielsen movie. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
Jimmy fucking Lyle. I think that's actually a Ned Leslie Neal. <laughs> that was fucking funny. I'll, I'll, I'm still in yesterday. I'll give you some, some inside baseball. So, um, I, they they asked me to be one of the pole bearers. I was I'm just obviously flattered yeah. that they would think of me in that way. So before the service that we had here in New York, it was a bunch of us with with the casket in front of the church before we were going to let everybody in, and it was. I'm trying to remember everybody, but I think it was me, Kevin Hart, Dana Cook, uh, Dane Cook, excuse me, Chris Rock. It's a who's who. Bob yeah. Kelly. I think Voss was there. Maybe Jim. I think Jimmy was there. I'm probably missing somebody. And all of a sudden, we're sitting. Around. Probably Anthony. No, no, An- Anthony. An- Anthony said no. No, okay. to Paul Bear. Okay, true story. You okay. can ask him about that. I, I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I was also not a Paul Bear. <laughs> Kevin Hart, odd choice to be a Paul Bear. <laughs> I, I have to say, right. it seems like he may have to stiff arm okay. it. He should be in the front. <laughs> oh, that side of the, yeah. The, the little lost Dragging down the stairs. I'm like, Jesus. You're going to be a big star right around the corner. Oh, my God. Anyway, so uh, we're... Um, we're in front of the church. The casket's there, and everyone's just cracking jokes because that's what comedians do, you know. And everyone's just, um, just, just trying to make everyone laugh, even in that situation. Yeah. We're about to open the doors; it's going to get crazy, you know. And all of a sudden, Will, his old roommate, goes "fuck it" and just walks over and just opens up the casket in front of everybody, and you could hear a pin drop. Everyone just stopped talking. <laughs> you know what it takes to get comedians to, st- to shut the fuck up? And everyone just stops talking and then we're like, oh my God, why did he do that? <laughs> and then we all just slowly took a, you know, took a turn walking over and, and uh, taking a look. <sighs> yeah. That's creepy. And, but it was I mean, dead silence. Yeah. I don't remember how long it lasted, maybe a couple minutes, but... That... Well, it's better than in, in the church, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's and then one other fun. thing. So after the service, we're in the um, the hallway, I guess, as everyone's leaving the church, and we we brought the casket out there. And uh, is this too personal and inside? No. Okay. And then I'll never forget Chris Rock in tears comes walking down the hall. I don't think he officially was a pulpit, but he comes walking down the hall, and he looks us all in the eyes. Everyone's just bawling, uh, you know, uh, in, in in front of the casket. And he looked at all of us, pointed at every single one of us, and just said, take care of yourselves. Take care of you." Like, really dramatic yeah. and over the top. Yeah. So, but I think that's what you learn from someone's death. How to, yeah. how to like, not take... How to have that not happen to me. Well, and how to not take your life so, you know... Yeah. Uh, seriously, and, and, and make sure you, you live your life. Yeah. I mean, people... I do the things maybe you're, you, you weren't... You're yeah. putting off and stuff like that. I, that's just, just had my father. Like, my father's best friend his whole life since they were 10 is, uh, you know, for a guy who's 66, is really a healthy guy. And they both played basketball and soccer in college. And right. they play golf and blah, blah, right. blah. And he's as healthy as a 65-year-old guy can yeah. be. But just in the middle of the night, one day, wakes up. I have a headache. Goes to the hospital. Stroke. And he's, he's alive, but, like, he's different. You know what I mean? Like... Old Bob is not there anymore, and this is Bob now. And, like, holy shit, that was just like, went to bed, wake up. Like, you know, and so I'm talking to my father. How bad is the stroke? Um, physically, he's okay, His but it's like he's got huge holes in his memory, which is a shame. Uh, uh, and so, it's well, just, and this is back. like, they think eventually, they think right. it with a lot of rehab. But, but, you know, I'm talking to my father, and he's going, oh, my God. 
I need I need to get some living in right. now. Right. This, this is a Carl Ruiz attitude. Yeah. yeah, like that. My old man, my old man was, I mean, professional cyclist. Cycle. Oh, actually, professional cyclist. Yes, he was that. part of Cafe de Colombia. He, he was uh, he was he used to call them the goats. They would do only in climbing stages, right? Really? So he 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 like uh, he rode really with Greg LeMond, Larry uh, Fignon, you know, with System U and all these guys. He was Cafe de Colombia, and he was in Tour de France, Giro d'Italia, like all wow. this stuff. He did Tour de France. Yes, your dad. Wow. Yes, my father. But just the mountain stages, like. Right, right. He would get burned like through the whole tour, right. but he would move the peloton and burn them on the hills. Right, right. That's what Colombians do. Right, they're billy goats. They yeah. they go up the mountains and never drank, never smoked, never did anything. And then one day, my mother, I was living in California. My mother calls me and says, "Something's wrong with your father." My father owns a tire shop. Said, "The tire shop's not making any money." I'm like, "Mom, what does that even mean? Stop going to fucking Zumba and figure out what's wrong with that." So I call my brother, my brother, cardiothoracic surgeon, whatever he is. I'm like, George, something's wrong with that. Oh, we'll figure it out. I'm getting, I'm at, you know, whatever. I'm at a conference talking about dead people, whatever the fuck he tells me. So I said, okay. So I fly back to New Jersey and I go to my dad's tire shop. And two minutes talking to him, I'm like, wow, something is really wrong. With what, my father. But what did he say that made you think that right off the bat? He was talking in like phrases, like like jokes and stuff. But he he wouldn't finish a sentence, or and then he would just like drift off and then look at me and then call me George. And even though his whole life he wanted me to be George, <laughs> he was very aware that you were not George. Yeah, he was very he was acutely aware that I was not my brother. <laughs> and. I'm like, something's wrong here. So I call my brother and said, George, something's really wrong with that. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to figure it out. So I called back to California. I was doing with the food network. I said, listen, guys, I'm going to take a couple days and figure out what's going on with my father. Three days later, me staying at the tire shop, I figure out my dad has Alzheimer's. And his 20-plus year employees figured it out before anyone and we're making my father pay them three to four times a week. Oh shit, motherfuckers! Real life. The, you know, I, it's, it's, what's crazy? Real life. What's crazy? Your dad probably took care of those guys. Yeah, I would have twenty said. years. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 which, which also leads to your uh, live everyday life. I live <laughs> as hard every, as I can right, right every now. day. Yeah, and. And you know, I'm I'm building this building in LA and, and the starting this business and I'm and I'm nervous. I've never run a business that has yeah. employees and health insurance and paperwork and the things right. that real businesses can, can have. Can I stop you because we're sharing this podcast so yeah. so I can help oh, my audience yeah. understand this? So Matt Farrer from the Smoking Tire. Uh, you're building a garage so people so, can yeah. park there. Their fancy fucking sports cars. Right, right. So I, I, for, I've been and motorcycles and has for ten years. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> I've been automotive journalist for ten years, and and I'm and my 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 plan to not rely on the internet to pay my salary forever is I'm building a large luxury parking garage in West LA for um, people to store their collector and sports cars. Like That's in that nice. area, there's like a lot of money, but there isn't a lot of space. It's very dense. It's like like New York City in some right. ways, and so. You find people with very expensive homes or condos or whatever, and there just isn't parking. And so I'm trying to fix that. Nice. Um, but the point was I've hired this parking consultant 
to help me talk. And he's all he's done is run parking valets for 20 years. All he's ever done. And all of our meetings are like, so here's how your employees are going to try to fuck you. And here's how your customers are going to try and fuck you. Here's how the city's going to try and fuck you. Here's how. And he's like, if you don't pay attention to this stuff constantly, and it just, this is like, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter if you think your employees or your friends or your customers, you're like, if something comes down to where they can save money or get something, like, right. they're going to fucking do it. And I'm like, I'm going through this like learning process and I'm just getting so depressed. I'm like, I want to start a business that serves this community. Yeah. And this dude's just telling me all the ways that everyone's going to try to screw fuck you. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really depressing. Yeah. It's, it's real life. Like, I have 60 employees and like now I, I know, you know, at 44 years old, you know, when that, you know, the waitress comes up and smiles at me, she's not smiling at me. She's smiling at me as much as a shark smiles at you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not real. Right, right. And people are like, oh, Carl, how did you, how do you not get in trouble? Like, when people come in, look at all these beautiful women. I'm like, that's a serial, that's a, that's a social security number to me. Yeah. Like, I have to... Yeah. Pay her. If she if she smiles at me after nine o'clock, she's on double time. That's a lot of money. <laughs> it's just funny how when you get into you know, when, when back in the day you used to do brick and mortar businesses and then you became a TV star, right? Yeah. Because of your brick and mortar. Now it's reverse looking back. Around. Matt is a is a, a TV star and now he's a brick and mortar guy. Right. Like it's just and, and going into something, it's so because crazy. Because the TV the rules dream isn't real. No, <laughs> the TV's gone. TV's, TV's, gone. TV's gone. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and, and you know, YouTube is, is not going in the direction I want it to go. No. Um, podcasting is great. I love doing it. I'm going to keep doing it, but I can't pay my mortgage just doing podcasting. Yeah, right. And so, so there needs to be some level of, of stability. So that's the brick and mortar thing. But to your to your point, going from fictionalizing it and then making it real, oh, crazy. is sort of like uh, I know this dude Richard Rawlings. You know, you may have heard of a show called Fast and Loud on Discovery yeah. Channel. Yeah, I've heard. So of he's got a business called Gas Monkey Garage down yes. in Texas. So that was not a real garage that's a fake garage made up just for that show he had the name gas monkey garage it's a cool sounding name and he had stuff with gas monkey garage like written on it but like it wasn't a garage (laughs) that did it like really yeah they built the entire shop for for his show he was a personality and they were like, well, we like this guy's energy. We like his fucking yeehaw. We like his chains and his pointy beard right. and his Texasness. Right. And we like the name Gas Monkey. That's cool. And and we can we can create a business around this wow. dude's personality. It's it's completely fake. It's, it's pretty smart though. He's so fucking rich. Yeah. He's got Gas Monkey tequila on the side of an Indy car at the Indy 500. He's fucking, that's, he's rolling around in thousand dollar bills that's right when now. That's you know you've made it when you got your old tequila. He is so rich now. Yes. Yeah. So he's not a mechanic? No. He employed. Wait, he's not even a mechanic? Richard? Yeah. I think he has like some, some, some basic mechanical ability, but but no, he's a car dealer. Oh my god, he's a car dealer. That. Yeah, he's a car dealer. So there's no. I he can't go to gas monkey garage. I don't think so. He employed. He I assume employed, they have a gas monkey garage by now. Well, there it is a real place. Yeah. It's not. It's not entirely. It's not yeah. CGI. Yeah, yeah. But like they don't. I don't think they just take customers off the street. They. I, I think everything they do is for a sh- is for the show. Is that, that really blew my mind? 
you know, other people do have real shops. Like, yeah. Like that Wayne Carini guy, the chasing classic cars I like with that the mustache. Guy. Yeah, yeah. And he is he's great. He's a sweet guy. I see him at all the auctions. And he's really capitalized. His, his shop, which was real before the show, right. it's called F40 Motorsports. In Connecticut. In Connecticut. Right? Yeah, it's a real legit shop. Is I happened to see an ad in the magazine the other day. It's now Wayne Carini's F40 Motorsports, which is a smart thing to smart. do with his fucking face on it. Because right. I, I, cause I was talking to Haggerty Magazine because I want to do an ad yeah. for my business. And, and he goes, the, the ad sales guy he goes, listen, I'm going to tell you a secret. Put your face on the ad. And I go, put my face on the ad. It's a car store. He goes, every ad that's got Wayne Carini or Jay Leno's face on it, they sell. The ads that just show whatever, nothing. It's it's they need the person to ask you. And he's like, you're really lucky because you're kind of enough of a somebody that putting your actual face on it it's will. Like will it's get like food. People. If I put crab cake on the menu, people will fuck it. <laughs> They don't care. It's keeping Can it. Oh, crab cake. Can I talk about your menu at La Cabana? Sure. Carl's new restaurant has been open, what, a month? Uh, Not even a month? Nine days making money. Nine depositing days. depositing money. It's beautiful. It's on awesome. 15th and 9th Avenue. 15th between 9th and 10th, next to the juggernaut Google. Yeah. And it's around the corner from my other favorite New York City restaurant. Starbucks? Budokan. Oh. Budokan. <laughs> which I'm sorry to plug another restaurant, but oh, I do like it. That's my right. buddy from Philly. Steven Starr. Steven Starr. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk. I thought you meant Starbucks. The roastery? That, Hannah that, took me in that place that last night. $330,000. I was telling you a story yesterday. <laughs> did, he tell me the funny, did he tell you the story no, about this I, place? I, I think I told you the story. So, so we're next door to yeah. the Starbucks roastery. It's a which super is Reserve. Store. Reserve roastery. It's pretty so, much a whole city block. It's like, yeah, it is. It's actually it's a corner. It's a city corner. And yeah. there's a, a liquor bar in there, and yeah. there is roasting, and it's like... And you could buy a Starbucks sweatshirt, which if I ever saw with you, oh I would give you Hannah, a fucking DVD. Dude, Hannah last night... I Picked up something and was so offended by it. They had a deconstructed Starbucks logo keychain. So it was a keychain <gasps> with every element <gasps> from the Starbucks logo Ew. on its own little uh, charm. How self-absorbed are you as a company? Yeah. It's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's offensive. That's offensive. <laughs> that is offensive. Tell me the story. Um, wait, so the story, first, it started with a story that Carl told me because he was apologizing for his paper straws. Yeah. And then he goes, don't worry, they all come in plastic tubs. <laughs> yeah, like I'm sitting there, I'm like, you give me all these paper straws, they come in a plastic tub. Is that real? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got the order, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here! Come on. Yes. And, and then it's wrapped in. Plastic. And then it's all plastic. <laughs> the only thing paper is the straw <laughs> because the humidity. Will destroy oh, yeah, the, the straws straw. during shipping. <laughs> so they had it's oh, all on the first package of it. They shipped in like a nice little brown paper. Right, and they opened it, and it was Senor. Senor, it's mold. No, no, it's mold. No, bueno, no, bueno, amigo. Necesito <laughs> plástico. That is perfect. Yeah. That's here, a metaphor but, for the uh, dumbness these stupid of that. idiots in New York City. As long as they got a, a, a paper straw, they think they're doing something for the environment. Six tons I, of garbage I, a day. Dude. This fucking island produces. But, and I gotta say it. I said it on a past podcast. You take your paper straw and shove it in your big giant plastic cup. <laughs> I mean, yes. Hannah and I walked down the beach in L.A. And one of the, like, I get depressed. And well, well, we we bring it back. We actually walked down the beach I and pick up trash. The other day and he got and people like thank us all the yes. time. They stop us and thank us for doing. It. And it's like an activity we do together. It's not that big of a deal. We find a lot. The most things we find by far are straws, bottle caps, and lids for cups. And my ex-wife. By far. What about the uh, the balloons? 
We don't find that many balloons. Happy birthday. Although, not that many. Not that many. Probably more in the city than... We're on the beach, so probably... It's it's not... Out on Long Island, it's all balloons. Really? Okay. What? He's got money. He lives in Venice. (laughs) No, the wind... The wind... wind, (laughs) Anyway, the point is, like, I believe in cleaning up the environment, but I believe in solving problems from biggest to smallest. And there's a lot of resources being spent on the straw thing. But the funny part is, tell him about the Starbucks. So, the Starbucks next door is the rent... Just so you get an idea of New York City, the rent is three hundred and thirty thousand dollars a month. They gotta sell a lot of coffee. Almost, it's almost the size of Opie's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's three hundred thirty thousand dollars a month, and they brought this superstar architect to design the place. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It has a bar and little machines that move beans from one side to another so that they make 100% sure that everyone has terrible coffee. And it's just, it's perfect, right? Starbucks Nirvana. You forgot to talk about the pizza. They have pizza from Italy. That's not from Italy. Because I know the people that make it, and they're not from Italy. (laughs) But I'm like, you ever in Italy? He's like... Why, why are you crying? Where are your pants? <laughs> but, but what don't they have? But so my restaurant is the building adjacent to the Starbucks. And they had to rent the top two floors of my building for storage because the designer, when they designed this, this, the biggest Starbucks in the world, had no idea that they needed a place for cups <laughs> or stirs or that stupid mocha powder or all this. So they they spend over $40,000 a month to really? keep all the stuff in this building. Wow. <laughs> we were podcasting the other day from here and they opened up the giant garage door. And you saw it. It was it was drums filled uh, with syrup. syrup. <laughs> drums. Drums of syrup. You couldn't give me anything from that store. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on Starbucks <coughs> 10 years ago. My dad was one of the original investors no. of Starbucks. Wow. My dad you. was in between jobs in 1990. Two maybe or three ninety one ninety two early nineties maybe ninety one ninety two, and he went to Seattle because who who did he interview with in Seattle? Someone that was like it was like like Boeing or or something. It was an industry he didn't know anything about. It yeah. might have been Boeing or something in Seattle to interview to be an executive there. And he came back and he was like, you know, I tried this coffee and it was so good. And I think they had five stores and my dad oh invested my. in you imagine? Yeah. And he got out around, I don't know, early 2000s. Oh, my God. That's out. perfect. Yeah. My dad's right? real, he's real smart. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. He did good. He did good on that one. So Starbucks. I met, I met his dad. He looked at me like I was another from fucking space. <laughs> I'm at the wedding. I'm with some crazy girl from Trailer, New Jersey. And I'm like, 
What's up, Matt's dad? Like, didn't have a name or nothing. I'm like, big fan. Did he yell at you? My hedges are crooked. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's actually one of the most down to earth. Yeah, one of the most down to earth. I'm just going for a rich joke. And I, and I, I, I always expected my dad to be the kind of guy who was so chill at home because he got out all his crazy at the office. Yeah. But uh, I've I've talked to people who work for him, and he and he's uh, apparently very level headed at work. Nice. Can I? So Starbucks. Yeah. I was a huge fan of Starbucks because I'm a huge coffee drinker. Yeah. And their their product used to be really good. I think it probably was better no, than it was at, I, I, at some time. I I have I can't prove this, but as a coffee drinker, somewhere in there, they decided to get a less quality bean, probably because they realized they were selling so many sugary drinks that the actual coffee bean didn't matter as That's much. Probably true. I don't know if this is true, but then the coffee started tasting burnt and not the same anymore. This is, I have no idea. This is I wouldn't be surprised assumption. if they did that. It sounds like a big corporate thing to do. And, and, and they left a giant hole for real coffee drinkers, yeah. and that's why all these mom and pop uh, stores are popping up all right. over. I think it was the same thing again. that happened when like Coors and Anheuser Busch started buying those medium beers like Killian's and all yeah. those beers Killians. started. Remember Killian's yes. was kind of good for a while. Yeah, the red and, one. Yeah, and then it got bought up by Coors or whoever, and it became shit. I was, and that left room for the micro brews to yeah. come in underneath. What happened to the red ambers? I was a big fan of the red ambers. Amber, had a minute, beers. didn't they? I'm trying I like to remember them. some of the other ones I used to drink. I I kind uh, of got away from uh, beer. Uh, Watney's or Watney's. Uh, uh, oh shit. Like Yingling, if we were talking about yeah. Philly, Yingling was yeah. my jam when it's I lived in Philly. America. Yeah. Ying, we used to go to get kegs when I was, I went to Penn. So when we okay. were in college, we'd go to the brewery and buy kegs from the fucking brewery. Right. And they, I think it, in the early 2000s, they were $40 for a keg of Yingling. Oh, it was amazing. Um, Did you like Philly? It was a great place to spend four years and then have an exit plan. Oh, really? <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought it was a fun town. It had just enough shit for four years yeah. of mayhem and I like going to visit though you just drove up from Philly I went you to the uh, Philly's Mets game nice and I'm the only Mets fan in the whole hope he's in everything I'm surprised you know, were, were you wearing a Mets hat no I, I pretty much I'm still wearing the same clothes from yesterday oh, I'm glad I've got the clothes the same no, clothes club uh, there was 20 of us the whole family oh, extended nice. family and uh, nephews and nieces and it was it was great and my in-laws snuck the Philly shit onto my kids. I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> and they're all happy. Like, they're happy they got, you know. I, I love that stadium. It's a really good it's stadium. Gorgeous, right? And yeah, then they let really the kids stadium. run the base. Yeah. Oh, they did? That's awesome. I mean, yeah, we had to wait an hour outside in the 95-degree heat. But oh, that was that worth a, it. That was a hookup? That's not something they do? Or that's something that they... It was something anyone could do. Oh, okay, cool. And we're thinking, oh, this would be fun. After the game, we'll just casually run around the bases. And so we go to the, uh, the people down there, and they're like, the line starts there. I'm like, you're pointing at the horizon. <laughs> I went. We went to. We were just in Rome and went to the Colosseum with no tickets. You should see what the line. The line you looked. could just walk into the Colosseum. You had to buy tickets. You can walk I didn't in. Know and that. Buy, oh yeah, it's an operation. You can't really? even. You know, you can't even. What the Colosseum didn't surprise me because when I was a kid and went to Italy, we had to buy a ticket there as well. Yeah. What surprised me was the forum. Like, you know, the Roman Forum, just a big pile of rocks, like, outside. You have to buy a ticket to that. To which, look at a pile of rocks. To go into the Forum, which I thought was surprising. Um, so what, what do you think of the Coliseum? Coliseum's really cool. 
Yeah, Colosseum. Have you never been to Rome? Yeah. The Colosseum is amazing because how much money have you saved up? Yeah, fucking ghosts in here. You can't. You, you know, you, it's like it's like the pyramids or any of that other really ancient <clears throat> but, but amazingly engineered structures. It's like it's the one thing to, to look at the construction of it, but it's another to think about. You know, yeah. computerless, hand-done geometries right. and engineering, and, and it's it's really amazing. And it's also amazing is how people really haven't changed all that much from then to now. Like, there's a display of some of the original like uh, benches from the Colosseum, which were marble or stone, right? But there's just graffiti like carved into him like you know I fucked Maximus's wife <laughs> seriously I mean literally like, it actually says that it says I fucked Maximus's wife is one of them and it's like someone's got a small dick and it's like right. in Latin graffiti right. carved in it's like whoever's sitting here right now is a tiny dick yeah, oh my god it's, weird. it's like the, begin- the beginning the beginning of the, the beginning of the Twitter trolls yeah it's like Twitter trolls yeah like it's we're just For the real? same people yeah that's yeah. awesome that's good to know no. Yeah, and it's it, good to know we were always assholes. Yeah, oh, we're and we're still know. assholes. Yeah, right. but I actually, what was the one thing you took away from the Coliseum? That one thing where you like that wow, was that was that, the one thing. Yeah, but I, and also, I mean, it, it is a, it's a beautiful thing to see. You you can't believe that. I mean, what's amazing is how tall it is and like how much taller it was. Like it had a wooden structure on top of it that okay. was like bleachers. Okay, that looked super sketchy and like the constructions. <laughs> But it, it was really tall. Like, it's as tall as a, as a modern football stadium, or maybe even taller. It's, it's really amazing. I went to Athens and saw the Acropolis. Yeah, yeah. That. That's pretty. Oh, that's with that cool girl show. that you hated. Your ex-wife? <laughs> no, I didn't have an ex-wife. Jesus. No, he, he dated a girl way too long. Way too long. Oh. Because, you know, I, I grew up uh, with my dad enabling my mom, so I might have uh, picked up a trick or two. Oh, you weren't married before, sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're I, not married, right? I was with a girl for a, a, a bit, and oh. uh, we went to Athens, and she thought I was going to ask her to marry her at the Acropolis, and she started crying as we're going back to the, uh, uh, no. the hotel, and I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, way to she, set your own expectations there, like, sweetheart. Like, we barely like each other. Oh, my like, God, that's hilarious. You thought Bob was going to ask you to marry you? Are you crazy? What I really recommend is Tuscany. We went to Tuscany, and that was the shit. Yeah. Tuscany, because Tuscany is these medieval villages on these mountaintops with these beautiful kind of olive and nice. vineyards below them. Right. And you can see them. They're almost in like a straight line between Florence and Rome. Right. And you can see like how they brought the wine from right. place to place. And we we hiked on the Vinsanto wine trail where they right. had been carrying this wine for 2,000 years. Wow. And, it, and you know, you're eating, you're cool. eating food that even by Italy's stand, you know, most people would go to Rome and go, yes, this is Italian right. food. Yeah. You go to Tuscany, you're like, fucking Rome is a joke. Rome. Rome's a dump. Yeah, for the food. The food in Tuscany is so next level. The, the thing when I was in Tuscany, what I realized what bothered me is when something bothers me, I'm, I'm wiped out, right? It's like when I was in Egypt, every time you go next to a pyramid, there would be some fucking asshole from Ohio talking to you about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to look at the Sphinx and like, those aliens made them. I'm like, oh, fucking just die, bro. Let me enjoy this fucking thing. <laughs> so the same thing, Tuscany has become self-aware. You know what I mean? On how beautiful it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're there and like, I'm like some guys telling me like a two-hour story of bistecca, like some steak. And I'm like, 
this is all bullshit, bro. Like you got this from Cisco. <laughs> you know I mean? Like it's not. This is not really true. Yeah. You're not massaging the cow. Right. And all the tourists are like, did you hear that? <laughs> Unbelievable. The coals. Are they Roman coals? I'm like, that's fucking Kingsford. This is bullshit. <laughs> I'm freaking out. And that, that whole area has become software, and it's so beautiful. That you have to have like it's like watching a movie. You yeah. have to just let it go and deal yeah. with it. Like there was some cypress trees. And no, there's a, uh, self-aware is the right word yeah. for sure. But it's the beautiful. olive oil tastes like nowhere else in the world. Oh no, fucking the, olives again! No, I don't like olives, but the olive oil is no. fucking amazing. It's, it's you're in Tuscany. Yeah, but going. To I mean, just geographically. Everything fucking that grows there is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> like you drop a piece of gum and three days later there's a gum tree. <laughs> that is the most perfect gum tree you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. I did a, a cruise of the Greek islands. If I had to hear about olives one more time. Oh, well, the Greeks are yeah. lemons, olives, yeah. and yeah. fucking olives. rosemary. If you yeah, take yeah. those away, the Greeks would just die. The first, <laughs> the first, the first thing they said. Like yeah. They invented, the Greeks invented a lot of stuff, but then they stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? They, yeah. The first thing they said from the airport to the hotel they pointed out the goddamn olive trees oh, yeah god that's so funny they, they love those trees they love olives oh <laughs> <laughs> he's annoying Dude, I like went, a green olive everyone's <laughs> shut up in your little that is salad the upper right. side <laughs> yo that salad you served me last night by the way oh the, the strawberry the tomato strawberries. and avocado salad yeah. which shouldn't work at all and totally does it worked totally works thank you Fucking I could use one of those right about now yeah, we'll get it going. Let's, we'll finish this up in a minute literally or two. ordering food through the <laughs> <laughs> That's passive aggressive. You know, you know, wow, that sounds good. I'd like to I'd have like to try that. <laughs> the thing about Athens, I loved how they incorporated the, the ruins into modern day buildings. Yeah. Like you'll be in a hotel and all of a sudden there's a giant glass wall with ruins behind yeah, it. Yeah, it yeah, couldn't yeah. move anything. There was so a couple places where they do the glass floor so too and there's cool, like excavations under them. I, I really like old like living in California and I say this a lot, the right. one we don't have any old things. That's the one problem with California that or it's not a problem, but it's my right. problem. Right. When we go to Tuscany, it's like you're sitting in a restaurant. It's like, when was this built? Oh, 950, huh? Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like people have been tossing fucking pasta in wheels of cheese in this room for 700 years. You know, so that, that's I really like that. But that's America in general. When, when you travel yeah, there's abroad. nothing old. When you travel abroad, also, no. you're like, what? this castle's from the year two? What? <laughs> what? I was in my friend's house in England. <laughs> like, I just, it's just a house. Like, right? yeah. it's, a, it's a nice house, but nothing special. Special, and it's and it literally his house was three hundred years older than our country. Wow. You know, yeah, that's so cool. probably be three beer three hundred years after. Every time in Europe, though, I'm trying to figure out if people are rich or not because you don't know because they live in the same fucking house for like thirteen generations. So like yeah. the whole time, I'm like, so what do you do, bro? Like sick house. I like that you don't have windows. <laughs> like what? Uh, you have a job, <laughs> and it's crazy. When I lived in Italy. We would go from house to house. Like, let's go to Vincenzo's house and have cheese. I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> what are we doing today? <laughs> I hate the guy with that weird fucking grape-shaped guitar. I don't want to do any of this. Grape-shaped guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Lute? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a giant, ba- it's like a baritone lute. Yeah, it's like, lute. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, come on, Ring. I'm like, I hate that fucking sound. Are we going to the mall? Because I need a fucking Mach 3. 
we gotta do a lot of shit. Is there a store? Like, I'm just annoyed the whole oh time. Oh, my God. Can I tell, it's so funny. I, I was lucky enough when I was at um, Sirius XM, I got to see, like, a pretty much a private concert with Sting. Yeah. When he was going through his loot phase. <laughs> was, was he playing it? He... Was he playing it? He had... I, I remember he had, like, the greatest lutist. Yeah, yeah. Did you say lutist? Yeah. In the world. And I think he was just uh, singing with the guy. Was that in, I like, think, the... No, he was playing with them. Was the that in the fishbowl well. at Sirius, like, there? It, or it, it was in Lincoln Center. Oh, okay, the, cool. The, the space that overlooks, actually, uh, uh, Lincoln's... Cool. Uh, Columbus Circle. Yeah, yeah. Columbus Ooh. Circle. I mean, I was a girl at a place called... Um, that doesn't matter. So, so, matter. Wait, things <laughs> loot. So yeah. I went with Jim Norton. We're in the audience, and we're just getting madder and madder at these loot songs. Like, what is this garbage? And then he's doing message in a bottle, like on the loot, on the loot, uh, but it's all a, a new arrangement. Oh, and no. everyone else is like, "Oh my god, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard!" And we're like, "Oh, this stinks!" Uh, and then backstage, he got really mad at me because you know I was a huge police fan growing up. I'm with my now wife. Yeah. And we went through the line to get our picture. And I'm like, holy shit, the only chance I'm ever going to get to meet Sting and get a picture. And my uh, flash didn't go off. So I was stupid enough to go, can we do that again? I have the picture of the (laughs) disgust in his face. You got to ask for a second picture. (laughs) I have a a couple of real disgusted celebrity faces with with me. Jackie Stewart, the Formula One driver, like the legend. You have never seen Jackie Stewart less happy to be anywhere than in the picture I took. Oh, my God. I was walking down 63rd. 63rd, I think. I was walking down. With a buddy of mine who's just completely practical and pragmatic. Yeah. And there's Sting coming down, you know, walking down the street. I'm like, yo, yo, that's Sting, Sting, Sting. He goes, fuck that dude, he's wearing a blouse. (laughs) 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 It's so grounding. You're right. It's like old man with a blouse. That's how Steven Tyler dresses. Oh, yeah. Every picture of him, he looks like he's about to go on coffee talk. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. He looks like a soccer mom who's just about to cheat. <laughs> oh, I was gonna come up with some, but I'll, I'm letting you have that one. No, outside La Cabana, when we were, um, I was coming up, you were inside. <coughs> I saw Kenny G walk by. Really? Oh, and the so guy's funny. still sporting the stupid Kenny He's got G the hair. hair. Well, he has to, because he wants to be recognized. If he changed the hair, if he changed the hair, he couldn't do it. Like Adam Duritz from the Counting Crows, he still got to do the dress. Oh, he has to do it. Yeah, you got to. You got it. If you, if you, you ever seen? You seen D. Snyder recently? No. He looks. He looks like he's on his way to the fucking come on, feel the noise music. I just had four words. Coolio. (laughs) (laughs) Coolio still. Coolio looks like a remote control dad robot from (laughs) Stoner. Did you guys see the video of the robot? By the way, that came out. It was fake. There's a video fake. The Boston Dynamics. The video of the robot where they're, back? Where they're yeah. throwing I knew that one was fake. Yeah, and it's fake. It was. Okay. But can you tell him how annoyed I was at Kenny G's hair? But, so you don't understand, like, but he, like, like the way Opie's saying it now is like for radio, like podcast, or But this is Opie. So we're outside. I'm having a cigarette. My life is in shambles, right? And I'm sitting there. And I got a ninety dollar booger in my nose. I'm a mess. Oh, Jesus. Fucking Opie goes. Saw Kenny G out here. <laughs> Still has the hair. <laughs> and I'm just it's smoking. like a sign. And I'm just, yeah, I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm just like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Kenny G. 
Same hair. <laughs> I guess he keeps the hair because he wants to kill, still look like Kenny G. Absolutely. I'm like, see you later, up. <laughs> just the what calmness of it. And I'm just, it annoyed me. Just. <laughs> Kenny G annoyed me. Hope he's telling me that he saw Kenny G. Starbucks, like there was nothing positive. But there's no reason like, to keep the Kenny G here. You know he's got to do it. He's got to do it. Because otherwise, because for the exact reason you accurately described. That's why. Remember Jennifer Grey, Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. nose. Killed Changed, her career. Killed her career. Changed the look. Career over. And she was way hotter. Yeah. Than nose job. You ever too. see a picture of um, Zoe Deschanel with her bangs not done? Fucking different human. Done. Not the same human. When you commit to a look like that, you're yeah. fucking stuck Stupid with it. Stupid Raleigh fingers. Did the the, uh, the handlebar mustache yeah. late in his life? I'm like, no. Yeah. You either got to be fluid from the beginning, right. or you commit to that look Shake forever. That shit. Yeah. Like, I was uh, I was with Guy Guy Fieri one day. Uh, he's stuck too. And he <laughs> and he, he, he had the funniest thing. Frosted tips for life. Right. I have two stories. But it was really funny. But the first story is I was with Guy, and somebody goes. Why, um, you know, how do you feel about, like, you know, everyone knows your hair and whatever. He goes, when I'm not famous, I'll just cut my hair and you'll never fucking see me again. Perfect. Perfect. It was the like best. That. Perfect. And then another story is when he landed in Vegas and his buddy has a plane called the Global Express. Oh, that's a, yeah. If you are familiar with Jay-Z, yeah. I'm in Boeing Jets, Global Express, out the country, but the blueberries still connect. Right. <laughs> So Global Express is the biggest thing you can get before you get one of those 737s <laughs> like Travolta's guy. <laughs> so the plane's gorgeous, right? Two bedrooms, shot. I mean, literally, it's an apartment, right? And land in Vegas, and there's a bunch of people in the FTO, whatever, in the little waiting room, yeah. and they're like rich too, but they're not rich like this dude, right? Yeah, and they come out. Oh my god, is that the new Gold Global Express? That's beautiful. Can I look inside of it? And the guy looks at him and goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the richest thing I ever saw. And I look at the guys and I'm like, Hi, you motherfuckers! I was in there, I took a shit there. Like, I mean, you thought you were rich enough to see it. You thought you were rich plane. enough. Yeah. He oh, said, No. Oh my and, the, and this plane was un it I mean it was unbelievable. It was un like just it had Have you seen uh, Air, Air Drake? <laughs> no. Drake had, got a 737, which I don't think he bought. I think he leased, nah, they leased it. But it's like, you know, it's a fucking house in there. And it's fucking painted Air Drake. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah, and when the Raptors won, he was doing fucking just circling downtown, having a party at, at the parade. He was circling the parade yeah. on, his, on his 737. That's, That's fucking cool. heavy. That's, cool. <laughs> That's heavy. He made me root for the Warriors. <laughs> Drake individual. Yes. Mean guy cooked. I don't like Drake. his music at all, but he seems like a nice I guy. I like his I mean me and me and uh guy cooked for Drake um in Toronto. It was really funny. So when I traveled a lot with Guy, you know, you stay in the same hotels and and we we were staying at a high end hotel and they know you so you get upgraded immediately. So I get on the elevator and they said, Carl, you'll get your suite and it's great. So I go up to my suite, heated floors, Toronto. I mean, Toronto just sounds a cool city. Yeah. Cool city, right? Food's kind of weird, but whatever. That's for another day. A so, of, a lot of Asians, too. Yeah. Good Asian, good Japanese food. Most of the world, hope you. I'm starting to notice that. Are you catching on? Yeah, There's yeah. a lot. So, um, 
So, um, I go up on the elevator and beautiful room and you know me, I want to have a cigarette, right? So I'm like, all right, let me go. And I open the, the little electric curtain, you know, it opens and I start hearing, ah, like all this screaming. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I open the patio door and I walk inside and there must have been, I don't know, a thousand girls downstairs looking up to my room <laughs> and collectively they all go ah! <laughs> and I'm like and I just like oh my god it felt like the biggest pain I've ever felt in my life you're like anybody anybody and I just nobody was that it was just like ah! <laughs> oh god. and I slink back so not Drake and then I figure out that Drake and Justin Bieber are having a concert in Toronto yeah. and they're staying in the suites and I'm fucking Shrek in the middle of this. Just the fucking, the disappointment of a thousand women. It was oh, so yeah. powerful. Yeah, just, just, I couldn't even breathe. I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Uh, Listen, guys, I have to call this show because I'm running low on computer battery. All right. We break. could do another hour. I know. Right. This is what happens when we do a show. Is we right. could probably do, is we could do double. Yeah. So, but the experiment works. We'll share this show. We are sharing. We're sharing People the show. Obi Radio Podcast, Smoking Tire Podcast combo. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Drunk Carl. And Drunk Carl. Sabor <laughs> Chef on Instagram. One of the best follows you ever fucking have. Uh, Obi Radio on Instagram. The Smoking Tire you on like Instagram. Fish? Obi okay. Radio Podcast. Right. You tw- are you twice a week or once a week? Ah. You're whenever. <laughs> are you whenever you want? Is yeah, that when you do a show? No, I try to do Mondays and Thursdays. All I right. try. Mondays and Thursdays for you, Tuesdays and Thursdays for me. Nice. Uh, thanks, Ope. Thanks for driving up from Philly, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks for dinner last night. was spectacular, Carl. Uh, come eat at La Cubana, uh, West 15th Street and 9th Avenue, next to the giant Starbucks that doesn't have any closets. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> Closetless Starbucks. Um, and and the paper straws come uh, wrapped in plastic. That's so crazy. Is that real? Yes! Yeah, it's that's, real. that's hilarious, dude. Because the, the moisture will kill them. That's yeah. amazing. And now it was an educational do. show. Now we've learned something. We've All learned right. Something. That's our show. I'm back in studio next week. I'm Bye, s- fools. I'm single. Thanks for your support, Matt. <laughs>